galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Theron to Dantooine, and everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. And hello everybody, welcome to Legends Look Back. This is a show brought to you by Utini.com where we talk about all things Star Wars Legends. We're celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays. Today I'm joined once again, always a pleasure to have you with us, all the way from California, Freddie C. How's it going, man? It's going, man. It's uh, It's been a week, that's for sure. Uh, we... we... We're going to be talking about some pretty intense, uh, in my opinion, intense things today. Uh, it's it's one of those. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a it's a 50 50 with some fans, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's a personal favorite of mine. But I can't wait to get into it. And see see how people react. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to this episode. This has been a long time coming. As soon, Freddie, as we launched Legends Look Back back in October, was it October? 2020 feels like it's been five years long already. Uh, as soon as we launched the podcast, I immediately re-downloaded this book because I was like, what Legends book do I want to read? And it's been a long time since I've read. I've been I've been just hoping and dying to talk about this one. We're going to be talking about The Old Republic Revan by Drew Carpishan. But before we get there, we've got to introduce our other special guest, his first time on the podcast. You know him and love him if you are in the Utini family from Kanja Book Club. How'd I do on that, Patrick? Is it Kanja or Kanja? It's Kanja. You gotta say it like the movie. <laughs> tell, that to, it like a- tell that to Kanja Book Club with Patrick himself. How's it going, Patrick? I'm doing well. Excited to be here, guys. Awesome. Glad to have you too. And uh, here, you're not on Most Icely anymore. I'll see if I can fix that. <laughs> we'll have to keep hey, you over put, here. Put me back in the cantina. I'm not done with my drink. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's always something to figure out when you're trying to run a live Twitch show, and it's our our second episode of doing this live, and of course, pretty exciting that this is our first time to have a guest, even though you are seeing him in such a uh, a, a weird scene here. Uh-oh, not working. No, not quite right. Patrick, you're gone. Where'd you go? Uh, it's it's all a lot of fun to figure out, guys. Well, There we go. Fixed. All right. Beautiful. Patrick, glad to have you on the podcast. And uh, before we talk about why you wanted us to read this book, it's one that you were excited for us to talk about, we do have to address something pretty serious. Um, you know, before we get any further into the show, and we're excited to have a wonderful, tremendous audience with us tonight, uh, I will say this much. Uh, we've got a, an incredible community with Utini. One of the people we love the most at Utini is one of our content creators, Meg. Meg does all of our our Instagram photos. She's writing a lot of our collections. She's making my collections that I write better uh, at like 11 o'clock on Sunday nights. She's always telling me like, okay, let's fix this part and let's make this part better. And why don't you add to this? She even helped me with my Revan collection. So we owe her for this episode as well. And that is our wonderful teammate, Meg. Meg and a group of uh, ladies in the Star Wars fandom are launching a new site called Project Stardust uh, by ladies for ladies, all about celebrating uh, feminine Star Wars fans. And uh, they, as they've launched this site, have received quite a bit of pushback, quite a bit of hate, trolling, uh, people uh, jumping in their DMs and being being hurtful and hateful, targeting them. And we just want to be really clear on Legends Look Back that uh, we, in particular, 
as uh, people who particularly love Meg and love ladies in the fandom, I want to be really clear that we don't stand for any kind of harassment in the fandom. We support this project. Couldn't be more excited for it. You got anything else you want to add on this, Freddie? Yeah, you know, just just going back to to the you know four ladies. You know, Star Wars is there's there's a lot of very powerful women in Star Wars, right? You've got Leia, you've got Amidala. And of course, there's there's more, right? There's a lot more that we can talk about, uh, but there, there's no, in my opinion, you gotta say Ma- Mara Jade in Mara, Legends, Freddie. Oh man, uh, I don't know if George will be happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> George loves Mara Jade. <laughs> yeah, he created Mara Jade, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you know, the whole thing is, is we don't we just don't have room for that hate. If honestly, if you're if you're against it, get out of here. Honestly, we don't need you. We, we don't need you in Star Wars. See the door. Yeah, get out. Because you we, heard it here, folks. Yeah. Freddie's got the door for you. <laughs> it's open for you to step out of. But well, I'm I'm really excited to see what Meg and and her team has in store for us. I'm I'm excited. I I just can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, Meg's one of the most wonderful, lovely, encouraging, positive, hardworking people I have ever had the pleasure of knowing in any context. But even if she wasn't, hate has no place in Star Wars. Am I right? And so uh, we support you, Meg. Meg's one of our only guests who's been on the show twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's covered, I think, a record number of books on Legends Look Back. Uh, she has uh, covered, what, four books in the the, the Karen Travis, uh, the True History of the Mandalorians series. That's what I like to call it. Uh, the, the Unauthorized History of the Mandalorians, Republic Commando. Have you read those books, uh, Patrick? I have. Those ones... Those are a little fuzzy in my mind. Those were years back. But, yeah, they're on my checklist. Well, uh, Meg did an incredible job covering those. We're excited, of course, to see what they crank out. So we want to start off the episode that way. But this episode, this week, we're going to be talking about the Old Republic Revan. I'm not going to say that entire title every time. All right, we're going to have to come up with a nickname because that's a little bit too long for me. Um, We are talking about the Old Republic Revan by Drew Carpishan. Incredible Star Wars name, isn't it? Uh, you say you say Carpishan, like the fish, or how do you say it, Freddie? You know what? I'm not even gonna try. If there's five ways to say it, it belongs <laughs> in Legends. <laughs> I I think that he. You just gotta put a few apostrophes in there. Richard <laughs> Timothy's on five thousand apostrophes. Um, I I think I heard Drew Carpishan on a podcast, you know, five years ago, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up, right? Uh, so we're excited to be talking about this book. Uh, this, of course, came out. Back in 2011, Drew, Drew Carpishan is uh, infamous, absolutely infamous in the Star Wars fandom for being the lead writer on what I would say is the, the Star Wars property. All right, hot take here, guys. I would rank KOTOR as second only in my Star Wars fandom to the Thrawn trilogy and the original trilogy. Then I would put KOTOR at third for me. Out of my trilogy of the best Star Wars that was ever Star Wars. I would put uh, KOTOR right there. I'd say OT, Thrawn Trilogy, KOTOR, and then somewhere way down the line is this book. Sorry, shots fired. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, it's great. But um, What's your history, Patrick, with the KOTOR games? Not with this Man. book, but with the games specifically. Man, I started playing them. A friend got me playing the, the first one in 2000... 6 2007 i was still in middle school and so i still wasn't into all the games at the time i was getting i was still pretty much 
heavy on like the original Battlefront tri- Battlefront. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What are those like? Two thousand four and two thousand five. I just those relived like those the other day on Utini Game Night with Wes. It's absolutely excellent. That's right, y'all were doing the um the original Battlefront. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That... Now, I got a hot take for you, Jared. Okay, let's have it. Patrick's been on the show for five minutes. Everybody, and he's got a he's got a hot take already. Ooh. Here it comes. That I will say this: the Kotor game and the second original Battlefront are top fifty video games of all time. And y'all can fight me on that. Top fifty? Okay. Top fifty. Maybe uh, maybe so. I don't think too many people will fight you on that one, actually. Oh, okay. It's cold take then. Cold take. Cold take. <laughs> people in the chat are talking about my. Uh, People talking about my Utini mug. Said I'm showing off the merch. Product placement at its finest. You too can order this sweet merch. If you're watching this later on YouTube, uh, at utini.com/merch. Maybe I think that's the right link. I'm sure Joxy will plug us with the link in the chat. Um, how about this? How about this book? You know, we've talked about the Kotor games. Now, Patrick, we first talked about having you on the show. You mentioned this as being one that you'd be interested in talking about. What is it about this book that got you excited to hop on hop on a Twitch stream? A podcast, a YouTube video. We're on all three platforms now, everybody. The trifecta, the trail. Absolutely. No, I, I have a, I shouldn't say a love hate relationship with this book, but I do have a fondness for this one. It continues the long lost story of Revan. Yeah, and I, it's like the little building bridge between you know the um, Swotor game that came out honestly relatively the same time as this, or if you get far enough in that game, you pick up aftermath of this book right but it it fills in all those black holes that are in kotor 2 coat and between kotor 1 and 2 and it adds to the mystique of him yeah totally it It, it really does bring them together i would consider this like the third in the the revan trilogy you've got uh kotor 1 kotor 2 which has little to no revan at all (laughs) and then maybe like in a in a dark side Force cave kind of a vision, and then you've got this book that just really brings the stories together. Uh, so I like it in that regard. Uh, and as Freddie mentioned, kind of a kind of a debated book in the fandom. Love it or hate it, it's got a mediocre reception. You want to speak to that a little bit, Freddie? Yeah. Uh, so you know, I guess it depends on which platform you stand on, right? So you've got the Kotor platform, and then you've got the the uh, MMO tour platform. And depending on which side you're on, you tend to fall on one side versus the other. At least in, that's that's how what, what I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of of I, I would say a, a few, I guess changes in the story it doesn't quite fall in line. Yeah. So right. you know if you can get past that, it, the, what I've seen a lot, and and especially Corey, if you read his review on Utini, it, he he doesn't quite like it 100% but he he still enjoys the story and right i think that's where a majority of us can stand is yeah yeah you know it, there there is some conflicting information there but it is pretty fantastic still the storytelling well, th- is great what it has to do is canonize what was a choose your own adventure you know you got to make your own independent decisions for your characters in those games it's part of what made them so great choose your destiny light side dark side gray jedi Anybody try to walk the fine line where they can uh, force persuade and use force lightning? That's where it was at. Um, and of course, I'm sure somebody in the chat is going to say, there is no such thing as Grey Jedi. We're going to do a, a whole Legends Look Back episode one of these days about Grey Jedi. You just buckle up, everybody. Uh, we'll have to get Freddie Prince Jr. on the show for that one. <laughs> um, uh, we've already got a Freddie. We don't need him. Yeah, Who needs Freddie good. Prince Jr. when you got Freddie C? 
I'm just saying, if we get Freddie Prince Jr., that affiliate link money's going up. We're going from 4% to 15 But we got a YouTube show now. My little brother didn't care at all about my podcast until I sent him a link that we were on YouTube. And he was like, oh, awesome. I love YouTube. <laughs> and, of course, uh, the very first episode, I made fun of him for sending my Christmas present late. Uh, and so, guys, we are going to dive into this one. came out in 2011. Uh, of course, the first, in, in terms of the timeline with this, it's the first half of the book is set two years after uh, KOTOR, and then the uh, the second half of the book jumps forward four years to after the events of KOTOR 2. And so um, it, it kind of spans this weird spot in the timeline. If you have more timeline questions, everybody, hit up Trevor in Utini's Discord, and he will tell you everything you need to know about the timeline concerning the Old Republic Revenue. I, I first read this book back, I think, my freshman year of college. Could have been my sophomore year. I got it over Christmas break. I think it was, I think it was Under the Tree from Santa. And so uh, it was pretty exciting that I was getting a Star Wars book, Under the Tree, a nice new hardback is always especially exciting to get for Christmas. I remember reading this uh, for uh, my entire Christmas break. I mean, this was, for me, just the peak of relaxing after a semester of college was getting uh, this awesome opportunity to just dive deep into a Star Wars book. Uh, Freddie, does anything get you excited for Christmas quite like thinking about a, reading a Star Wars book over Christmas break? Oh, that Star Wars, that Christmas special, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How dare you bring that up? Does that technically qualify as Legends, the holiday special? That is uh, uh, one of those legends that that Lucasfilm and has been trying to bury for so many years, but uh, it's still That's there. Splinter of the Mind's Eye Legends. Oh, well. That's how. That's oh, That's, yeah. you mentioned. All right, Patrick's off the podcast. Everybody, it's just me and Freddie. Now that he's mentioned that, we'll see you later. Bye, Patrick. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, actually, I think we've still got your audio, even if it's just me and Freddie here. <laughs> but no, that was really quite the book. And uh, what would you rank higher, Freddie? The holiday special or Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Oh, that, that <laughs> is really hard. I would have to say, <laughs> for those of you who have not seen the holiday special, you need to see it. You have to see how, how I, don't, I hate to say this, but how terrible it is. <laughs> well, I showed it to my wife the other day. My wife was like, wait, is this the thing? And I was like, wait, you've never seen the holiday special? Stop the presses. I turned off the thing we were watching The Bachelor. Turned that off. I was like, we are going to watch this right now. Wait till you find out what happens on Kashyyyk. Wait till you see what the Wookiees are doing. You are in for a wild ride. How about you, Patrick? What's what's better? Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye or the Holiday Special? Ooh, splinter by a hair. Splinter okay, by yeah, hair. I, think I'd, I think I'd give it to that as well. Uh, if you would like that, everybody, you can listen to Legends Look Back Episode 8, which is now available for everyone worldwide, right? at least to all patrons for the time being. And it's going to be out pretty soon, hopefully, on iTunes as soon as it gets approved. All of our episodes are going to be available for everybody now that we're out from behind the paywall. But this episode, what's even better than the holiday special, even better than Splinter of the Mind's Eye, is The Old Republic Revan by Drew Carpitian. Remember, folks, with the... Uh, when it comes to us actually getting into the story, this is going to be spoiler heavy. So, this is your chance. If you want to experience Revan's story in all of its its incredibly two-sided glory, all right, that this is your chance to get out, or you're going to have his his story spoiled. Go ahead and sink 35, 40 hours into playing Knights of the Old Republic, and then come back to us, or or maybe 35, 40 hours into the second game, and then come back to us. The video's not going anywhere. 
But if you want to stick around with us, that's absolutely fine with me. You're in for a wild ride as we get into the story of Revan by Drew Carpishan. And I just lost it. Who was it, Freddie? Who was it that just subscribed? The notification came up, and then it went away. It was there, and now it's gone. Whoever it was, glad to have you here. Thanks for subscribing. <laughs> oh, we got those alerts, and then it slipped right by my notice. We're still figuring this out, everybody, in case you can't tell. Um, so thank you for uh, one eel, one eel, one Nile. Is that like Darth Nihilus? One Nia Whoever it is, welcome, and thank you for joining us on Legends Look Back. We're talking about the Old Republic Revan. Here it is, folks. Years after rejecting the dark side, Revan has saved the galaxy from the hands of his best slash worst frenemy. You know how it is. You've got friends like that, everybody, don't you? That is Darth Malak himself. Revan is once again haunted by Force dreams. Every time I have a bad dream, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not the only one. You got Anakin. You got Revan. That's um, what I tell my daughter when she wakes me up in the middle of the night with with bad dreams. I'm like, you're in good company. Revan also has bad dreams. Anyway, he's woken up by these these horrible forest dreams and comes to realize that they're actually fragmented memories of the events that led him to the dark side in the first place. So, in perfect video game fashion, written by a real video game writer, he goes off on a wonderfully video gamey adventure alongside his trusty droid. You know him and love him from KOTOR. No, not that droid. Uh, not that droid. Not HK-47, but we're talking about T3M4... Uh, the droid that's, you know, uh, friendly and less likely to murder you. And, of course, the Mandalorian mercenary, Candorous Ordo. They're going to retrace his steps as dictated by his Force visions in order to piece together his past. Don't you just love that? We're going on an adventure to visit all the places I've been dreaming about. <laughs> Gotta love Star Wars, am I right? Meanwhile, Androman Kos, the Sith, the secret Sith homeworld, the base of the Sith Empire, a Sith Lord named Scourge, is summoned by one of the members of the Dark Council, Darth Nihilus. Uh, Nyrus. You got Nihilus and Kotor, too. It's a lot of Star Wars names to keep straight, everybody. Darth Nyrus to solve a different mystery. She wants to discover who's been behind her recent assassin assassination attempts. She brings in Scourge, an outsider, to try to solve it. He discovers the culprit. Another member of the Dark Council eliminates them. But, you know, Scourge smells something fishy among the Sithy. How'd you like that one, Freddy? Oh, Fishy was, among the city. That was that was good. Too much? Uh, we'll, we'll just say it's okay. <laughs> I had a teenager from my church the other day tell me that I had, and I quote, and I quote, he told me that I had um, major suburban dad energy. <laughs> that's, that's kept me up at night ever since he told me that. Every Were time you wearing I, socks with sandals again? <laughs> it wasn't socks with sandals. Socks it was, uh, I, had a, I had a polo shirt tucked into my jeans. He told me that was major... It was like business casuals. We're in it to the office, and it was summertime. Anyway, you know who else has uh, major suburban dad energy? Darth Revan, because now he's a dad. Married to Bastila. They got their own baby... The Jedi baby, and uh, Revan abandons him in order to go on another galaxy-spanning adventure. This time around, uh, they're jumping all around the galaxy to find these locations from his vision. In particular, he needs to go back to this location where he had eliminated Mandalore back during the years of the Mandalorian Wars. They team up with some other Mandalorians, fight other Mandalorians, and end up in possession of the mask of Mandalore the Ultimate. Of course, after 
receiving this mask, uh, Candorous Ordo takes up the the um, takes up the challenge to try to unite the Mandalorians by uh, donning himself as Mandalore once again. Uh, Candorous's journey goes on to his next step, but Revan still has some. Uh, some tracking down of some bad guys to do as he discovers that the reason he had turned to the dark side in the first place was after having discovered the existence of the Sith Empire. Of course, after this major turning point in the book, we go ahead and skip ahead a few years because Revan's ship is shot down. Revan is captured by Scourge and Nyrus. And then T3M4 has to eventually repair the ship, make his way back to Republic space where he alerts his other great Jedi friend, Mitra Surik. That is the exile from KOTOR 2. T3 alerts her to uh, her and Basila as well to Revan's capture. They team up together. Uh, That is uh, Mitra Surik with T3M4. Eventually go and rescue Revan alongside Scourge. Scourge on Droman Kos, who uh, wants to stop the Emperor after having kind of befriended Revan uh, during his many years there in prison. They team up, they take down the Emperor, except for they fail horribly. Revan then is imprisoned for the rest of time. But while he's imprisoned, after having tried to take down the Emperor and and failed, uh, he's secretly uh, kind of assaulting the Emperor via the Force? How do you think that works, Freddy? What's going on there with, uh, with, with Revan's assault on the Emperor? Even though he's been captured, it's like he succeeded, but he failed at the same time. It's it's kind of anticlimactic yeah. for Revan. Anyway, yeah. it it ends with our great hero finally meeting his match, but he's not quite dead. He's in suspended animation after having failed his attempt at taking down the Emperor. But it was awesome. That's all we can say, right? All right. How would you rate this one, Freddy? On a scale of 1 to 10, Old Republic Revan was not the best summary. I tried, guys. I tried. <laughs> well, <laughs> how, how would you rate this one? Scale of 1 to 10. Yes. Yeah, so. Best Star Wars book you've ever read. Uh, and you've got some good ones. I didn't mention earlier, of course, that, that Drew Carpishan also wrote the Bane series. Yeah, they're, they're very convoluted, Cheryl. Very convoluted. The book is the book in, in itself, I, I believe, is a little convoluted. It hops around. It covers so many things. You got these two major parts. You've got two major parts, and you have a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess, if if you if this is your first book, in in the Star Wars, I guess lore in the expanded universe, uh, good luck. You're gonna need a lot of research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be good if you had played Kotor one and two. Yeah. I don't think you have to have read any other books in order to get into this. No, no. You just played the two games, but I would advise having played those two games before you read the book. Oh yeah. And you know what? Even if you didn't play the two games, at least have an understanding of what the game is about, and I think you'll you'll appreciate it. Uh, I I would say so. For me, my me the introdu- the introduction for uh, with this book to me was a little interesting because I had not played uh, Kotor when I read this book, and the reason for that uh, everyone get your shot glasses out. I was heavily. Oh no. <laughs> I was heavily. Is it is it is it going to be Star Wars Galaxies? Everybody vote. What's Freddie about to say? One, if you think he's about to mention Star Wars Galaxies. Two, if you think he's about to mention the truce at Bakura. All right, take a vote in the chat. Which one is it? Galaxies or Bakura? One for Galaxies. Two for Bakura. Which one is it? Now, what what's Freddie about to mention here? I'm going to guess Galaxies. Go ahead, Freddie. Yes. So uh, while everyone's voting, uh, it was definitely Star Wars Galaxies. 
I was heavily invested with that game. I knew I knew of of Kotor, and and to be honest, I was just so enveloped with with you know the the intricacies of that game that I didn't I didn't play it. I, I didn't play it until much later, much later on. And I knew the story. I knew everything that happened with it. I've I've seen the the you know the YouTube videos of everyone playing it. I just didn't have the time to invest in it. Uh, I liked it a lot, but I was more into the massive online part of it. So when it comes to that, I actually really did enjoy the book. It was very complex, right? It was really it was really interesting, but it, it rates fairly high on my scale. I give it a solid seven. Okay, yeah, Freddie, we 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 typically have similar scores on these books. Uh, before I make up my mind completely, let's pass it over to Patrick. Patrick, how do you rate this one? Um, can you can you go any higher than Freddie? Um, I'm half that. Ugh, if I can use words tonight, I might. All right, Patrick's off the podcast. He tried and failed. <laughs> All right, now go ahead. But man, I'm fired on a day off already. Good <laughs> lord. No, I think I'd give it a solid between seven and seven five. I can't really pin it down because it it's one of those books that's if you're really into mood for it, then yeah, you'll rate it a little higher. But yeah, also audiobook form will will keep you engaged in it a bit better. Yeah, I yeah, I've heard audio, the audio on this. Audiobook seven is a seven five. The actual like hardback paper copy seven. I'll put it like that. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I I think I've done both. I think I've done both the um, the audiobook and the the hardback. Haven't read the paperback, so I'm gonna have to have a, a third read through here. Um, I I think I'm gonna give this one a solid seven, maybe a seven two. Just go a little higher than Freddie for. The sake of mixing it up, giving it a whole point two higher. Um, how about you? Anybody that's read this one, where would you rate this? Let us know in the chat. Love to know. Based on just my summary, that amazing, wonderful summary, how would you rate this? Hopefully higher than Splinter of the Mind's Eye. But guys, we're, we're trying out our first ever two-part roundtable uh, so that we're not keeping people glued to their computer screens because Zoom fatigue is a real thing, am I right? <laughs> 2020 in a nutshell. I do want to ask... All tonight, all about the characters. Next week, we'll talk about the overarching plot points, and uh, we've got some great stuff to discuss. Awesome stuff on the horizon tonight. Let's start off with, and this has been one of the major complaints I think with this book is a lot of people have said, "I thought we were going to get a book about Revan, and instead we got a book about a random Sith Lord, Scourge." Scourge, okay, he's not the most successful Sith ever. He ends up being, you know, befriended by the Jedi in his prison cell. And ends up trying to assassinate the Sith Emperor. As far as Sith are concerned, Scourge doesn't exactly pass with flying c- colors. He's not going to graduate from from uh, his Sith Master's program with uh, with Magna Cum Laude. I don't know if they've got those for Master's programs because I've been working on mine for seven years with no end in sight. Uh, he's not the most successful Sith ever, but uh, Patrick, what do you think sets Scourge apart as a Sith? Is uh, what's what's your opinion on on Scourge? Make it or break it with Scourge. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think of Scourge? I'm in the middle with him. Part of me, there's parts of this where I just like, oh my god, really? You're a <laughs> Sith? Like really? You? They let you into the Academy of Korriban? He's like the most Sithy Sith. Sith ever. He thinks he is the coolest legendsy. Like he's ultra aware of the fact that he is a Sith Lord in a Star Wars book written by a, a video game author, isn't he? That's the best way to put it. A very Legends character. He walks around like he has the badge on his chest. <laughs> okay, okay. So so your opinion of him is is just like the really meme? Really? 
really? Uh, this guy? But at the same you? time, he's very aware of the actions of others. And uh, well, so this may be a bad idea for everybody. And this may be a good idea. He's very self-aware. Uh, will self-aware be a good way to put this? He, he at least, I would put it this way. Scourge is is not buying into the system of sucking up to all the different members of the dark the dark council scourge is kind of fed up with the politics of the sith lords and um it, it's kind of more dedicated to being uh an awesome dark broody sith than he is to trying to play ball by all the sith rules what do you think is that true freddy yeah so the vibe that i get from scourge is 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 a little different it's in my opinion, it's almost the opposite of Anakin in the sense that he's a Sith already. Some people would say that's a good thing, if the opposite of Anakin. <laughs> Not Adam. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> but in the sense of, like, he knows he's a Sith, but uh, he doesn't seem like he fits in. That's the best way to put it, honestly. He just doesn't fit in. Until he meets his BFF down in the prison cell. Yeah. I have a question for y'all. I'm the one asking Does questions he here. Patrick, what do you think this says? All right, Patrick is fired for the third time. All right, it was fun while it lasted. Man, that's a record. All right, go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead. It's fine. Does he compare to Malgus to y'all? Because that's one comparison I always thought of. Yeah. As yeah, I've I've definitely I do get them a little bit confused in my mind. They've got like that at least in the audio book. I think they I think that uh, Mark Thompson uses the exact same like Sith Lord voice for both of the characters. <laughs> so at least for me, that gets confusing. Um, I my my thought about Malgus is that he's a hopeless romantic. If we ever get to that book, uh, wh- yeah. which one is that one? Deceived. Here's yeah, my copy of Revan here. I meant to show it off early in the episode. As we now that we can do this on YouTube, if you're listening on audio, um, I'm doing the Vanna White with my beautiful hardback of. No, I don't have the hardback of of Deceived. Is that the Malgus book? What do you think is is similar about Malgus and Revan, Patrick? Uh, in Revan or Scourge? Scourge, yeah. Sorry, I like that you say you say scourge. I say scourge like a southerner. Scourge. Uh, oh, oh, I'm not southern enough for you. <laughs> sorry, I'm from Virginia, sir. <laughs> You're part of this too. If it's north, if it's north of Arkansas, it's it's the north. Go ahead. Well, that's a that's a very uh, slimmed <laughs> yeah. down thing. South Carolina and North Carolina want to talk with you, sir. Scourge. But um. They're very, they're very much against the politics. They do not care for the undermining. They are both also, they recognize more of the warrior status than the actual political status. Like, both of them care about your ability in battle yeah. way more than they actually care about who's able to sit at the negotiating Sure. Table. They're Sith who are more comfortable in the weight room than at, uh, at, in the boardroom. There you go. That'll oh, preach right there. Um, so why do you find yourself rooting either for or against Scourge? And I find myself going back and forth. Are you are you pro Scourge as you're reading the book? Are you like, man, somebody take this sucker out? Um, let's let's have a lightsaber end this and get back to Revan. Are you are you rooting for Scourge or against Scourge, Freddie? I would say I would say rooting for. I, I like that he he's a bit of a rebel. Right, he's definitely a he's got a rebellious nature for sure, and uh, I, I like that in characters. I like he he just seems like a an actual. 
I don't know how to put it, but he, I mean, everyone's a Sith, I guess, on that, on that planet, but he seems like a real Sith, right? Like just destruction. And, He's like a hipster and, Sith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I, I, I find myself rooting for him at times, uh, kind of like with Malgus. I, I rooted for him at times. You could see, I mean, yeah, he's he's a hopeless romantic, that's for sure, Malgus. But uh, I, I like I like Scourge. I like his character. I'm going with Scourge. That's his name for me too, I guess. And we've got a great we got a great question in the chat from Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl said that she's she's pretty new to uh, all the Revan lore, which hey, welcome. Uh, this is a great place for you. You can get caught up to speed, kind of. Because it is a little convoluted. Now, we'll say this much about um, about your question. Is this before the Rule of Two? Yes. Yes, it is definitely um, something that, that Bane discovers and kind of engineers um, 3,000 years later for all your timeline questions. Find Trevor in the UTNE Discord. Um, but we will say that this is, there's a lot of Sith. They're all hanging out. They're backstabbing one another. And it does not well, does not really bode well for many of them. There's a lot of Sith that get taken out in this book. And that's one thing that Revan loves to do. He's really good at, at as a Sith, Revan likes to really kill a lot of Sith. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about Scourge. Uh, did you want to chime in on this one, Patrick? Do, are you, do you root for him or against him? As much as I rolled my eyes at him throughout this book, I actually did root for him. Uh, I thought he was, he had that anti-hero vibe going yeah. for him. So I was like, you know what? I want to see you succeed. Yeah. You're trying hard, buddy. What's cool about him is that he doesn't turn to the light side. Like, he definitely still stays committed to evil and darkness and, like, piercings, you know. Um, but for him, he... A lot of body armor. Um, but for him... He, Did you really just piercings, piercings? Yeah, for me, it's like darkness. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, full light side over here. I'm, like, thinking, what's the darkest, meanest thing I can think of? <laughs> A hipster. Neck tattoos. <laughs> All right, everybody can see my face turn red on uh, the the Twitch stream here. I will say this much: I cut over to Freddy's. People don't have to see me embarrassed. Is that um, you know the thing about Scourge is that he stays on the dark side. He never goes to the light. He does team up with Revan because Revan is an awesome Sith in his mind, not because Revan's a Jedi, right? Revan's got that Sith cred, a lot of Sith cred in Scourge's book. Do you think Scourge can read? You think he has books? I don't take him as a very literate guy. But you know who does love to read? Revan himself. That's why everybody's here. All right, everybody who fell asleep talking about Scourge, wake up. Now it's time to talk about the only Jedi. I'm going to go ahead and say this. The only Jedi who could beat uh, who could beat Boba Fett in a costume contest. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Is there sure. any costume in all of Star Wars that's cooler than Revan's? It's, that's really hard to, to compare. I mean, Darth... Yeah, no, Darth Nihilus, maybe. Maybe not quite, but... Revan for sure. Not, not unless Malgus are up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cheryl is confused, and that's good. She's trying to figure out the whole thing with Revan. We didn't give the whole backstory here. Revan's thing is this: he was a Jedi who turned to the Sith, who then is captured by the Jedi, brainwashed by the Jedi, then uh, restarted as a Jedi. Like that's where you jump in, get the chance to kind of help Revan rediscover his identity. Eventually rediscovers his identity, has the the, the choice, going to turn light, going to go back to the dark side. Uh, it, the canonical view in this book is Revan stayed on the light side after his conversion. At the end of this book, ends up on a dark side planet, trying to take down the Emperor, teamed up with a Sith Lord. Is that about cover it, Freddy? <laughs> yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty good. He's light, and then he's dark, and then he's light, 
but he might be dark again, depending on what path you chose in the video game. But then in this book, he's light. He's a Jedi. <laughs> Does that cover it, Cheryl? You feel like we're all we're all caught up to speed? Um, what do you think, Patrick? Why do we love Revan so much? There are very few Star Wars characters more beloved than Revan. Why in the world does Revan have such a following among fans? For me, I think he's everything that we wanted out of like a fully mature Anakin. Like he's he has all the ability, he has all the leadership roles. Charisma. He exactly. What was that? Pretty charisma. Okay, yeah. He doesn't have the the emotional the emotional issues that Anakin did, but that's a whole other topic. We well, I think it's because in the video game he doesn't say much. He's mostly a blank slate, so he doesn't have a lot of emotional baggage. He's mostly just like having dreams and wielding a lightsaber, right? <laughs> Fair enough. But he's still, he's everything, he's everything that you wanted in a Star Wars hero, or at least in a, in a Jedi. Yeah, he's definitely a superhero of, of Legends. He's not too dogmatic either. Yeah. He's not, he's not drinking the Kool-Aid as the kids say. Yeah, that for me is my answer, but before we come to that, Freddie, why don't you take a crack at this? Why do we love Revan so much? Why is there such a fan following uh, for Revan specifically. I mentioned the costume. Yeah. Uh, Patrick mentions the the charisma. What do you think? I think it's his path. It's it's not linear at all. It It is all over the place. And like you just explained to Cheryl, right? It, he's, he's a Jedi who gets uh, coerced. Not coerced even. He, he just flirts with the dark side, becomes a Sith, uh, gets his mind wiped, becomes a Jedi again. And then just decides, it's almost like his destiny is to go wherever he's going, right? And I think it's it's a mix of that. He's not a very linear Jedi, right? It's not, he's not into the dogma as much. But also, he's he's basically a superhero. Yeah. Genius, <laughs> charismatic, knows, you know, like, probably the best lightsaber duelist ever. Uh, extreme force powers, everything you can think of, he's got it. Right. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the big criticisms with this book, and Charles makes a great point in the chat, that the reason we love Revan so much is he's a blank slate. We make Revan to be whatever we want him to be. So in the video game, if you want Revan to be the the darkest dark lord there ever was, then you take that path, and you can summon Exegol-esque force storms, uh, the coolest force power ever. Maybe right above Force Persuasion is the Force Storm, right? Not just Force Lightning. Uh, Palps ain't got nothing on Revan, am I right? <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, you can make Revan a knight in shining armor who rejects the dark path and uh, does the the right thing. He totally doesn't intimidate the droid salesperson and, and steal T3M4. They would totally take the better path. He would never kill the Wookiees. Anyway, so you can make him whatever you want him to be. And I think that is what makes, um, what makes Revan so... Uh, this book, at least, what makes it so controversial is it has to canonize the video game story in order to uh, be able to tell the, the the conclusion, a conclusion that ends with in a cliffhanger. Man, Star Wars is so confusing. Uh, what do you think about that, Freddie? Is do you think that's why people find this book controversial that it it canonizes the light side path and people just really enjoyed their Force Lightning? Yeah, you know, Charles has a point. He's a blank slate. Uh, he's exactly whatever we we want a powerful Jedi to be. He's got morals in a sense. He has killed a lot of Sith. Uh, 
he's powerful. I mean, he's he's amazing, honestly. He's one of my favorite characters. And, and the fact that you just add all of those character traits and throw in some amazing armor, it's it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, you throw in that cool mask. And in fact, uh, according to the art of The Force Awakens, it did inspire the the mask, the design work for the, the Jedi killer the, who would become Kylo Ren during the... Um, the, the development phase of The Force Awakens. So if you feel like Kylo Ren is derivative of both Vader and Revan, you're right. That's intentional. That's what makes him as ridiculous and wonderful as he is, is that he's very derivative. He is a Sith fanboy, if there ever was one. And that's why we love him and hate him and all of it. All of it. Uh, I think my answer to this on why we love Revan so much is, it kind of brings us into our next question, and that is, he steps up to the plate to save the galaxy when the Jedi Council drops the ball, right? Uh, the Jedi Council is afraid to to enter war. They don't want to have blood on their hands. And so the Jedi Council doesn't step up to save the galaxy and defeat the Mandalorians. Um, we actually find that, that Revan goes rogue, right? Um, that can be the title of um, our mixtape, Freddy. Re- Revan goes rogue, a Star Wars story. Uh, featuring our hosts and tank tops. No, I'll say this: it's, money. it's it's what makes it's what makes Revan so great is that he sees through the the hesitancy of the Jedi Council and he takes matters into his own hands. And I think now that we have have kind of seen the prequels and we've seen the Clone Wars and how much that nuances the fact that the Jedi were uh, not always infallible. Uh, that for me really resonates that Revan during the the Jedi Council of his day. He looks at them and says, listen, you're not going to save the galaxy from these uh, these in- invading brutes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to lead uh, a revolution if you're going to just sit on your hands. What do you think about that, Patrick? Uh, do you think that Revan did the right thing in leading a band of Jedi to war to defeat the Mandalorians without the Council's approval? I absolutely do think he did. It's either you go fight them or you wait till they're on orbit, of course, on. And they're bombarding the city. There's no way about it because if we look even farther back, the Mandalorians were given the Republic all the business. They, the Republic had no chance without the Jedi. So, and you think the Jedi can, would it be right for the Jedi to be part of the Republic and not defend them in, um, in such a crisis? So... He did what he had yeah, to and do. for more of what that war actually looked like, the, the trouble is we don't see the Mandalorian Wars in the video game. You don't really know how bad they are. Um, you don't know just just how much Revan needed to save the galaxy. And that story is found in John Jackson Miller's seminal run, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, so it was called for Dark Horse, ran for 50, 55 issues. I'm like halfway through it. And it does show a few issues of the Mandalorians showing up on a planet and just bombarding the city. Um, you know, taking, uh, imprisoning and enslaving children out of their homes. I mean, it's brutal and dark. And so you do get to see what that looks like and why Revan has to step up to the plate. I do think that when he crosses the line, at least for me, is when that power goes to his head and then he turns to the dark side to have more power and there's the Star Forge and we're going to, we're going to wear out uh, Joxie and Cheryl who have never played the game with all these details if we're not careful. What do you think, Freddie? Did Revan do the right thing? Do we need to have yeah. a Joxy print-up T-shirts that say Revan was right? Whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, I, I side with with uh, DJP Money on this one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think what he did 
needed to be done because if he didn't do what he did, who knows what what the universe would have looked like, right? It would be nice to see what an alternate reality, uh, Mandalorian, I guess, Mandalorian-run universe or ruins, who knows what it would be. It would just be chaos. But he did what he had to do. Oh, it means you absolutely talk about Fight Club at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I almost watched that this week. My wife said, does it have fighting? Does it have violence? And I said, no, no. She said, I don't think that's true. So we did not watch it. Go ahead, Freddie. Yeah, it's he. He did what he had to do, but what what ended up happening was, I mean, he he is basically a superhero uh, in the sense that he had a lot of power. He he destroyed a lot of things, and I think what needed to happen, honestly, for him to probably not go the route that he went is to, I think, would be for for the Jedi to to come in and and just have his back. Right to just know that they were there too, but they didn't do that. So if he, yeah, I could just see his. He's probably just sitting there thinking, you know, no one's going to help me. These guys are wrong. I'm just going to do my thing. And of course, he just gets all his power and it goes to his head. You're right, and and you know, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, and this book does kind of give a retcon on that that he discovers the threat of the the Sith Empire. And I'm not totally clear on on how much of this was was his his choice to turn to the dark side. I think that that Carpitian leaves that a little bit nebulous, a little bit up in the air on whether or not Revan uh, kind of was forced to turn to the dark side or if it was his choice. You don't really learn that, do you, Freddie? I don't I don't recall, honestly. Yeah. It's 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 almost as if Revan had to turn to the dark side in order to amass enough power to get to be able to uh, uh get the Sith army and defeat uh, to be able to, uh, you know, defeat the Jedi. And, you know, it's it's a little bit up in the air. I will say this much, though, that uh, for me, the redemption story with Revan is one of the most powerful in all of Star Wars. Uh, it's one of the things I love the most, especially as a Christian. I love, uh, love me some redeeming allegories. And so this is something that for me is really important, the fact that Revan came back, and then when he faced his darkness, he had the choice to go back to the dark side and re-inherit the Sith Empire, which Malak totally would not have been cool with. But uh, (laughs) then he instead chooses the light. And that's one of the things I love, is that every day we have a choice. Am I right? And uh, there we go. There's my... uh... (laughs) There's my sermon of the day. But what do you think, Patrick? Do you prefer dark side Revan or light side Revan? I like light side redeemed Revan, because I think he does walk that balance. He, back to my earlier point, he is that balance that everyone wanted from Anakin. That he carries both halves, and he understands both. And how he operates, it's outside of, he's outside of that dogma. So he's, he's more in tune. Right. Light side Revan's more in tune with everything. Yeah, he's got a little bit of dark in him, a little bit of light, a little bit of both. He's, he's on the light side, but he's got a wife, right? He got the girl in the end. That, for him, is what sets him apart, right? And we can talk a little bit more about Bastila. Before we do, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back to talk about a couple more characters before we wrap this up. And we are back, everybody. Uh, thank you. Everybody's talking about my uh, uh, my uh, Jedi pasture handle. I <laughs> love that. That's a huge shout-out to Charles for coming up with that one. There was a meme that, that, had, uh, that had circulated in the Discord of Yoda, wearing like a suit and tie and said uh, pastor yoda and carl and and charles said that that was me and what's funny is in in my denomination we don't even use the term pastor but uh (laughs) 
that's something that that I I definitely enjoyed the comparison. If I have to be Pastor Yoda, I mean, I guess that's fine. I guess that's fine. So it's not Pastor like the meat, uh, Pastor like the the shepherd, right? Okay, uh, enough of that. I will say this much: we were talking about uh, Revan getting the girl in the end, Bastila, of course, or if you're Freddie who says Bastilla, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Isn't that how you say it, Freddy? Bastila, yep. That's it. <laughs> uh, Revan and, and Bastila have uh, a family. They've got a child, Avner, in this book. It's, it's like Revan, but backwards, because sci-fi. And uh, <laughs> at this point, uh, the, my biggest complaint with the book, okay, more than how much time we spend with Scourge, which is a lot, my biggest complaint is that Bastila was the Jedi. All right, I'm about to rant here, okay? Bastila was the Jedi who captured Revan. She is the leader of the Strike Force that takes down a Sith Lord, for crying out loud. Okay, and I know that it's nuanced because Malak betrays them, and Malak is the one who shoots down the ship, so maybe it was Malak who ended up kind of aiding in his backstabbing, helped Bastila, but it was Bastila, right? Bastila is a mighty Jedi warrior, and this book basically sidelines her, right? Uh, she is just a stay-at-home mom. Now, I don't want to say, I want to be really clear on this for all of our moms listening, that being a stay-at-home mom is just as heroic as being a Jedi Master. Am I right? Yeah. That's where you say, that's where you say amen, Freddie. There you go. Uh, amen. There's, there's nothing unheroic about being a stay-at-home mom. Uh, taking care of kids, changing diapers, cooking meals. You know, the big problem, the big problem with this is that... This happens all too often in with the ladies of legends, right? They go from being an awesome hero, somebody who can uh, totally uh, rescue the dudes who think that they're the ones doing the rescuing, and then before you know it, they're raising a new generation of Jedi, and they're like, we've got a sacred duty here. But it's a little eye-rolly, don't you think, Patrick? Yeah, especially going through the first KOTOR and how, how awesome she was, just tearing up everything. Revan can't take Revan can't take her with him with him on his journey. She can handle herself. I don't care. I'm pretty sure a pregnant her can like beat four Mandalorians. There you go. Right. Maybe not five, but at least four. That's a good point. Oh yeah. He can pick up the fifth. That's a good point. Um I like that Rob in the chat says Ladies of Legends would be an amazing cover band. We do have an episode planned uh, called The Ladies of Legends. So we're gonna talk about all of the best uh, legends ladies and for some reason we've just lost patrick and he's back wow Whew. in and out just like revan going to the dark side into the light we lost <laughs> patrick for a second there uh, what do you I went to the unknown what region. do you think uh there freddie about bastila you know obviously she's the jedi who captures revan do you think she's done dirty in this book yeah yeah and that's uh, that's one of the biggest critiques uh, of this book is how sidelined she is in a lot of cases uh, and you know, if you play if you play the old Republic, the MMO, uh, she's you know she's basically the same thing, right? She's powerful. She's in charge of a lot of things. Uh, and you know, they they make a Revan and and Bastilla. Oh come on, Bastilla. <laughs> they say Bastilla in the game. <laughs> they do. They uh, you know they're they're an absolute a, a a team couple in my opinion, and extremely powerful. It, it's just a shame. I, I wish this book would have would have shown her in in, in action, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Somebody get us some some good Bastila fanfic. All right, make it PG. I don't want that kind of fanfic. 
They want that stuff. Uh, let me get a great Bastila standalone novel. It's going to have to be fanfic because we're not getting any new new legend stories these days. But I'd love to have a standalone Bastila book, kind of like Queen's Shadow, but better and with Bastila, right? Okay, shots fired there. No, I actually enjoyed it just fine. You know who else is a great couple, though? Not just Revan and Bastila. Revan and Candorous. They are a dream team of Star Wars characters. You've got a Jedi who looks like a Mandalorian and a Mandalorian who becomes an even better Mandalorian, right? I think that the, the team-up between Candorous and Revan in this book is absolutely the best part of the book, hands down. Where do you think, Freddy... Where do you think Revan and Candorous rank among the BFFs of Star Wars? You got some other good couples, you know? Yeah, they're... This is a tough one because if you go down the list of Star Wars uh, BFF couples, right, you've got the the infamous R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, and uh, you've got Han and Chewie, another, another A-team, right? They're, in my opinion, they are, they are in the top five for me of Star Wars... BFF couples. I'm going to say an underrated, underrated BFFs yes. in Legends. What about you, Very Patrick? Underrated. Where do they rank? Out of out of all the bromances in Star Wars. Oof. I think they'll have to take that sixth or seventh spot for me. Because, alright, my number one is still Anakin and Obi-Wan. I don't even have them on my list. Um, That's tragic. <laughs> my chest, my heart, it hurts, it aches. Look what you're my brother, here. Anakin. That's just for you, Charles. That's for you. Oh, you're gonna have Adam in here in a minute. Just calling. <laughs> you're in. gonna make Heather cry. If you, yeah, right? you say Anakin three times, he shows up. Um, yeah, I, I'll right? say. Also, you got sprinkle a little sand. The, <laughs> the only other legends bromance that I say for that tops this one for me, and that's just we don't have a ton of this. You've got one video game, and you know. Um, Mandalore, uh, Candorous shows up in KOTOR 2, but there's no Revan. Um, I would say the only other uh, Legends bromance for me that is up there right alongside, if not better than this, would be Wedge and Tycho. It's a great friendship, uh, especially later later on in the timeline. They come back, they're retired. They just, they've been like hanging out together all these years, going on vacations. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And one final character for us to talk about before we wrap it up this week is... Um, is the Exile. That's Mitra Surik. So the protagonist from KOTOR 2 is basically the protagonist of the second half of this book. It takes a wild turn, and it integrates her character, canonizes her character. Obviously, you get a choice of her gender in the game. In this book, is canonized as having been Mitra Surik. She was uh, basically a disciple of Revan, who then was cut off from the forest for her actions at Man at uh, Malachor Five? I just want a T-shirt. We have Joxy design a Malachor Five T-shirt, not Malachor. Malachor Five. Am I right? But what do you think, Patrick? How satisfying is it uh, to have the Exile Mitra Surik team up with Revan at the end of the book? Finally, you get your protagonist from Kotor One and Two teaming up hand in hand. The only thing better about that happening at the end of this book is if we could have got, like, KOTOR 3 in that happening. Yeah. Yeah, never, unfortunately. Everybody take, um, what's what's a good way to, to memorialize KOTOR 3? It never happened. Hats off. Moment of silence for KOTOR 3. Pour a sip of beer on the floor for it. 
Uh, what about you, Freddie? Um, what do you think about the integration of Exile in this book? Is it distracting to have a different protagonist in the second half, or do you think that it ties the stories together nicely? I think it, I think it goes well. I liked it. It, it worked, in my opinion. Uh, I know this is another one of those things where people wish that it was someone else, right? Uh, Bastilla. And it, it didn't quite happen that way, but in order to, to canonize the book and to ca- to get it, I guess, in line, it was it was nice to see that. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, I love the way that it ties them together. Uh, I think the very first thing I did that Christmas break was fire back up KOTOR as soon as I finished this book. And everybody, that's what you can do tonight because that does it for this week's episode. You can go fire up KOTOR or KOTOR 2. KOTOR 2? Oh, my gosh. Try saying that five times fast. You, you try it, Freddie. You try it, Patrick. KOTOR 2. <laughs> Kotor, Kotor, ah, got Patrick, we stumped him, there we go, let us know in the chat, what do you prefer, Kotor 1 or 2, 1 or 2 in the chat, which one is your favorite, which one are you going to be playing tonight, everybody, Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at the overarching questions, our first ever two-part roundtable continues as we unpack the overall plot points, we're talking about the Revan Scourge team-up, the Sith Emperor's plan to conquer the galaxy, we're going to talk about comparisons with the Rise of Skywalker, that's right, we're even picking, and everybody, you've got a week to think about this, we're picking our own Sith names. We're trying to top Scourge. Good luck. It ain't happening, but you can try. You sure. won't want to miss it. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Legends Look Back. And thank you especially to our incredible patrons who have helped us get to this point. Now that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out by subscribing. And if you have Amazon Prime, you have one free Prime gaming subscription a month. We would be honored if you threw that our way. If you've got feedback for us or want your question read on the show, you can email us now, legendslookback at utini.com. You can also join the Legends Look Back Discord channel, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Jared Q. Mays. Freddie? At Wake Up Freddy. And Patrick? I abstain from Twitter. I forgot to ask you ahead of time, so there we go. And uh, Patrick is a happier man for it. Good on you. <laughs> if you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, uh, you can look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon link in the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on, as you can do with the Old Republic Revan. Get you a great, beautiful hardback copy. You can even go to Thrift Books now. Get you one of these bad boys. Got to get your copy. If you're going to get a paperback, get it without the Legends banner. Isn't that right, Freddie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, another way to help us out at Utini is to show your love. Grab some swag from Teespring, including the Legends Look Back t-shirt. We've also got the It's Artfully Done tank. Showing them off here once again. Just a second. Uh, That is one that you can check out. It would totally look great on you. Almost as good as Freddy looks. Freddy always looks great in his tanks. Uh, You can grab some of this incredible merch. We've got some awesome stuff. Huge shout out to Joxie, who's been with us tonight and designed this amazing merch for us. And also, if you've read any of these books, head over to utini.com, leave us a review, let us know what you think. And now more than ever, remember to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Freddie, Patrick, may the force be with you.